Somebody help me take the shadows away. I'm gonna feed you the hat, man. The what? The hat, man. Is that like a man? All right. So later we gotta do like sixteen Benadryl each, and then we're gonna meet the hat, man. I don't recommend that for a number of reasons. Welcome back to the Lore Lodge. It's important to put yourself in the right frame of mind in the holiday season. Define right frame of mind, my friend. Benadryl-induced hallucination state. For legal, moral, and ethical reasons, I'm going to... In mind prep. In, in mind prep. There yeah. we go. I, I'm gonna, We're going to... We're going to... We're going to... Uh, so anyway, I mean, I, I obviously we're going to talk about what the, the the title of the video is, but I do kind of need to open this up with just the fact that uh, Tucker Carlson just casually said the CIA killed Kennedy this week. Oh, well, and then and then Robert, I think it was Robert Kennedy Jr. was like, you know just kind of just came out and said it. He was like, Tucker's right. Like, these are not people on the same side of the political spectrum. Like, the Kennedys and Tucker Carlson are not, like, allies. And they're just... Ne the, we're, we're at that level of... Of hating the CIA? Of... of, of it, we're, the world is, is going down in flames, and I am here for the ride. I am bringing the marshmallows... We are making s'mores in the smoldering ashes of the IRS building um, <laughs> in Minecraft. I thought you were going to uh, say, I you were gonna say in the embers after the uh, Oppenheimer recreation oh, on the yeah. set of Chris Nolan's new film. <laughs> oh, that's what I mean, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I re recreated the Trinity tests without CGI, I was like, hold on. What does that mean? I mean, I know what it means. <laughs> Nolan, Nolan out here doing the first private nuclear test ever. <laughs> like, to be fair, for film. To be fair, if anybody was going to do it, it'd be him. But I guarantee it wasn't nuclear. Yeah. But I just like I my point in bringing up the the Tucker Carlson John Kennedy uh, CIA thing is that a few weeks ago on the show, um, we said the CIA killed Kennedy. Yes. And then you know I think Tucker was watching. Is my point? <laughs> uh, is we are now influencing politics. I say this also because uh, somebody shared a, a meme with me that showed, um, that it was like an Alex Jones meme, mm -hmm. and it was about, like, you know, skinwalkers running the FBI or something, and mm -hmm. I was like, ah, we're, we're, we're there. Like, we're, we are affecting politics now. We're making a difference. <laughs> we, have made, we have made things positively silly. <laughs> oh, let's just hope that we do not get too silly and or goofy for our own good. I, I do worry sometimes if perhaps... Maybe, perchance. <laughs> perchance we have been too silly and or goofy for our own good. I think there's only um, so many times we're legally allowed to say that the CIA killed the Kennedys before the CIA also kills us. Yeah. Um, or disgraces us publicly somehow. I think we just should avoid grassy knolls. Yes. Um, you know, and perhaps also motorcades through Dallas. <laughs> um... But, I mean, it's not like there's going to be an important motorcade through Dallas anytime soon. They're not exactly winning football games recently. <laughs> <laughs> and even more topical in the <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if y'all were watching the game earlier today. Um, the Eagles. I I'll, I'll say this. It was not a pretty win. 
But watching Dallas lose on a pick six in overtime warmed my soul. Warmed my soul. And to the, to the Jaguars. The five and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Peterson was an Eagles coach today. Love that. Like, uh, Love that. But, you know, now that we've made some jokes about the assassination of John F. Kennedy by the CIA and the assassination of Dallas's playoff dreams um, by the Jacksonville Jaguars, we have a lot of things that we need to talk about. Cat said LMAO CIA Top Journalism Award. You got a point. Yeah, I'm a little scared. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Uh, yeah. If I ever disappear... It's going to be both of us. <laughs> Somebody take care of Archie. Yeah. Just for the sake of Archie. Yeah, he's just sitting over in the corner. If you guys can see this, Archie is sitting in the corner of the room. He has a piece of sound paneling somehow on his face. Again? I think it might be the same piece. He might just be grabbing it while I'm not looking. He, oh no. No, he's just got, oh, he seems to have torn a sound panel up and the pieces are strewn everywhere. Oh, by the way, in terms of upgrading the setup yet again, uh, the next rendition, Mark 3, or I guess Mark 4, Mark 5. Who's Mark? <laughs> I don't know, but there's a lot of them. Um, we're going to get an Archie cam and have him in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, just as a fun little heads up on that we, one. We will bring you Archie cam to the people soon. Mm-hmm. Which is important, because he deserves to be viewed. He does. And maybe with the chart manager too. Where are his Where are his feet? They're under him. He, he's currently just kind of a loaf. He is <laughs> loafy boy. He's a um, he's an right. ivory loaf. Yes, an ivory loaf. It's a yule log. <laughs> um, oh, that's that's gonna be uh, Friday's video. Is we're we're doing. I think we'll do like top three Christmas cryptids. Cryptidness. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are getting another video on the Yule Lads. Joke's on you. It's actually just going to be us photoshopped to be Yule Logs. Uh, so instead of these logs, you're just going to see us horizontally laying in a fireplace on fire. The Yule Lad Logs. Oh, God. The Lord Lad Yule log? Lad Logs. The Lore Log? The Lore Log. Sure. Okay. Topic. We're we tired. Have a topic. We're very tired today. I got to see I, a train today, and I was very happy about it. I had to... Well, I actually didn't really participate in the actual activity of the pasta making, but we made gnocchi. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was in I learned what that was things. this weekend. You didn't know what it was? Never heard of it before in my life. All right, I have some in the freezer, so... No, Kat before. made gnocchi st- stew for me on Friday, because we did... She made a stew? Yeah. That was good. It was really good. Yeah, we did a little Christmas Eve thing. Yeah, the, the vegetarians have gotten out of control substituting meat for gnocchi oh no there was meat in it too there was venison in it oh yeah okay all right <laughs> you're making me hungry and i literally just ate it. I know. okay it so good anyway please excuse the lack of focus and fact that we're exhausted um yes. we actually do have a topic for tonight it's a very serious topic wanted yep. to start with some levity for that reason yeah we figured we get the goof out first yeah uh for those of you who have not seen Friday's video, uh, it is on the MMIW phenomenon, which is the epidemic of violence and uh, trafficking of Native American women, mm-hmm. which has for a very long time gone unaddressed in the United States and Canada. Uh, Canada is 
starting to actually open up a little bit more about its past treatment of Native Americans. They used to not talk about it, and mm -hmm. it was not good. So they're making they're, they're making some strides too. But uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of people hear about this issue, and one of the things I most commonly hear is, you know, well, it's it's still probably mostly violence within the community, and it's their fault for not tracking it down. They have their own police. You know, why is it the FBI's job? It's more it's more complicated than a lot of people realize. There are jurisdictional issues that interfere with the ability of both tribal, state, and even federal police to actually do anything yeah. about the issue. And as a result stuff that would get investigated typically does not instead of you know a, a murder case in any city in america no matter the size is going to be intensely and very heavily investigated to the utmost extent that it can be with the resources at hand what that corruption allows well yeah but <laughs> you get my point yes most of the time, murders actually do get investigated. Yes. In the case of the MMIW phenomenon, it they often don't even get investigated. Like, not even... And, and it's it's because they can't. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a number of factors. One, yeah. externally in terms of the jurisdiction of any American in terms of, like, the United States of America, um, their capabilities are limited on a reservation because they don't have jurisdiction, and then the issues with on reservation jurisdictions is that even though they have tribal police and detectives they are severely understaffed and underfunded so even if there are people dedicated to trying helping these people and finding out you know the not the solutions to the problems but you know finding answers to these questions or these missing people cases or the murders and things like that they just you know it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack but the problem is is that every time you pull out one needle you learn that there are six others in there that you have to go find so, yeah, it's it also you gotta talk louder. I'm watching your little bar. You're like, you're in the. You're like, okay. should I project? Yeah, a little better. You probably should. Yeah, that's fine. I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm being. I'm yeah. used to using my inside voice this week. No, no inside voice. Hit him with that booming baritone. Uh, <laughs> well, if I'm warming up, I mean, I guess. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but the problem is, it's just lack of resources on the res, and then lack of jurisdictional ability outside of the res. And to an extent, you gotta wonder how deliberate that is. Uh, I, I was looking at some of the some of the laws, and in some cases, they do stem from distrust between the natives and the settlers, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Native police don't typically trust uh, state and federal police to help or when they do they're they're at least wary of it they yeah. you know so part of it is distrust on the native side and part of it is the lack of attention from the american side um yeah. I, I mean this is a a well-known problem well a fairly a well enough known problem that you would expect you know there to be at least a bureau of indian affairs task force dedicated to it it took until 2019 for uh for us to get let me see if I, I have it some here somewhere in here the actual name of the program um the uh presidential task force on missing and murdered indigenous indian american indians and alaska natives um took until 2019 
for that to actually form. Arguably, the only reason it formed is that if, you know, if there's one one thing that the Trump administration really nailed, it was their anti-trafficking efforts. Mm -hmm. I think it was like human trafficking arrests went up 800% in the really? first yeah, in, in the first year. In the first year? Yeah, like that wow. was it like he there there was that was one thing that, you know, indisputable that was good. Like uh, you know, for for all the the faults of that presidency. That was a good target. That was something that they nailed and um the Biden administration has continued it to their credit a lot of the time. You'll a lot of the time you'll see these new projects get yeah. cut or slashed or you know, like repealed just so they can start their own version of it. They kept it in place. You know, that's yeah. a good example of just strong bipartisan I mean, response. It would be beyond concerning and suspicious for anybody to be like, yeah, let's defund efforts to stop human trafficking. It's yeah. like, I'm sorry. You want to you wanna give us some reasons why you might want to do that? Yeah, that it, it would have been political suicide. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so... You might be sitting here and going, you know, oh, well, what's, why, you know, it was, the, why, why is there distrust on the native side? History. You and I have the benefit of a very good education growing up. Yes. Um, a lot of people do not. And the version of history between Native Americans and white Americans that a lot of people get is the Thanksgiving story, the, you know, the pilgrims taught the Americans how to grow food, and they all had a nice Thanksgiving together. Yeah. Um, there were no trails or tears involved. Yeah. And when you do learn about that stuff, it's, you know, a passing unit in U.S. history in high school. Yeah. And they're like, this was bad, and we're sorry, and da 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 mm -hmm. The Indian Removal Act, of course, was 1832, I want to say. Okay. Under President Jackson. President Jackson argued that he was doing it for the good of the Native Americans of the southeastern United States and that they were getting the conflicts with the actual states themselves yeah. and eventually it might lead to war. And remind me, and all of us, I guess, mm. what the geographical movement was from where and to where. It was from basically uh, eastern Tennessee down through Florida. Oh. So it, I guess eastern Tennessee on the west to the coast and then down through florida yep. the cherokee the muscogee the seminole the wyandot the lenape the Potawatomi, um who else was it the shawnee uh the chickasaw and the choctaw mm -hmm. about sixty thousand people and they removed the outside of the ones that were up north like the wyandot and the lenape mm -hmm. the ones from down south those big five the cherokee muscogee choctaw seminole and um Chickasaw, uh, those guys were moved basically from the southeastern United States over towards Oklahoma, hmm. which uh, in, I think it was 2020, there was a Supreme Court case that almost, like, technically, that I think it ended up getting sorted out, but technically, for a brief period, gave half of Oklahoma back to the Cherokee. Um, oh, really? It was something about jurisdiction, hmm. like, technically the Cherokee got back jurisdiction over most of Oklahoma mm -hmm. in terms of law enforcement. And then they ended up fixing it. But yep. everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did we accidentally just... Yeah. Like, that's going to cause problems. <laughs> it was essentially a clerical error that they were like, wait a second. Yeah, major clerical error. Yeah. But yeah, so this was 60,000 people who got moved from their homeland over to the West. 
then continuously were shuffled further west. Uh, Jackson pitched it as being pro-native, that this was a way to prevent them from annihilation at the hands of the state militias and defense forces. Now remember in 1830, the way the military worked was a lot different, and states basically provided their own armies to the federal cause. Uh, they would get called up by the... People forget, I think, or are not really well informed, I guess, in the first place. The American military, as we know it, didn't really form mm -hmm. until after World War One. Really? It was that late? What you would do is you would have expeditionary forces that got called up. Um, so you'd have small professional armies, but that was typically, like, because we the country was just constantly at war somewhere. Yeah. So you had these small professional armies that would then in a time of like a major war mm -hmm. like spanish american war world war one um mexican american war you'd call up large groups um you'd call basically all of the national guard yeah uh, units they weren't in that form yet but that was how it worked for example and if you look at some of the more famous uh regiments from world war one they're like the 28th and 29th infantry mm. like those are Pennsylvania and Virginia National Guard. Mm. Um, it wasn't until World War II that you started to see like that standing professional army. Yeah. And that can has obviously continued up into the present day. We also just had no reason to have that pre-World War I because we were not fighting with Europe ever. Not directly anyway. Well, Spain, but we did that here. Yeah. The Monroe Doctrine. Uh, better days. Better days, Aiden. I, I do, but I, I am entertained by the fact that, like, we wouldn't get... Like, having just finished that Jefferson book, you know, the, the Napoleonic War, we, we didn't directly get involved, but we did put pressure on both England and France to posture ourselves in a better position where it was like... We're playing both sides while I was coming out on top. Exactly. <laughs> like, I love the fact that we essentially, like, squeezed Bonaparte to the point where he was like, we didn't give him help. So when he needed arms and stuff, he needed cash. Yeah. It was like, hey, you could sell us Louisiana. <laughs> and you could have money. And the whole point for it was because uh, he wanted to take New Orleans. And we were like, sure, you can, but you're not going to have a lot of good trade there. Yep. But if you give it to us, you can have the money for guns against England. We also got in trouble for uh, allowing trade to take place in our harbors. Yep. Britain was like, your harbors are really becoming a problem for us over the last 50 years. We were like, mm -hmm. interesting. Shame. And then our harbors became a problem for Japan. Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, and then I love that bit because at the same time, England was like capturing American merchant vessels, trying to find people who they were trying to impress mm -hmm. into their navy. And if people resisted, they just blow the ship out yep. of the water. But we didn't have a navy at the time. And we were like, you can't do that. And they were like, try me. And then we were like, okay, so we built a bunch of Navy ships, and we yeah. were like, we tried it, like, you you messed around, you're about to find out. And they did. <laughs> and that's how we lived. Float around and find out. Yes. Um, yeah, that is one of my favorite little facts about post-revolution, is that the United States had the second largest uh, merchant fleet in the world. Yep. And no Navy. Yep. <laughs> so they were just like, ah, this is a problem. Yep. We need a Marine Corps. Yep. They were all like, we really should get a Navy. John Paul Jones should do it. He's a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, the, the greatest American generals have always been the lunatics. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Mad Anthony Wayne. Yep. Um, MacArthur. Yep. 
let's bomb the 38th parallel, like, with <laughs> nuclear weapons. So they had a plan to drop 50 nukes on the Chinese border, which, to be fair, would have worked. Yes. I just love it. It's like it the, also would have been a, a significant problem. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna portray everyone else in the administration at the time. You're gonna portray MacArthur. Okay, sir. So I think the best course of action is that we really need to go through as many routes of diplomacy as possible, or we create a giant moat with nukes. <laughs> and see, <laughs> literally the idea. Yeah. It is insane. Patton, I, what? Patton? Oh, I was Patton crazy, though. He was a bit off the wall. Yeah. Um, let's see. Grant was an alcoholic. Yeah. I love that he didn't drink during his presidency, though. Mm -hmm. But he, like, openly admits in his memoirs, he's like, yeah, I just knew. it. I knew I couldn't. Yeah. But, like, I also didn't want to be president. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing as Washington, where, like, he sorely didn't want to be president, but because... He had worked his way up. Like, Grant's story is great to me because he consistently ends up doing things he didn't want to do. Like, he was forced into West Point when he mm -hmm. didn't want to go. And then when he was there, he was like, I just want to teach math. And they're like, no, you're going to fight. And he's like, fine. And he keeps, like, getting promoted when yeah. he doesn't want to. Then he ends up being the head of the Union Army. And then he wins and Lincoln dies. And everybody's like, you need to be president. And he's like, do I have to, really? <laughs> <laughs> And there he goes. They're like, who else is going to reconstruct it? He's like, literally anyone. But yeah. Ugh. Anyway, back to the Indian Removal Act. Yep. <clears throat> Jackson was concerned that these state armies and militias would decide to take matters into their own hands. Yep. And so they uh, offered a land exchange where uh, the natives would give up all of their ancestral, very, you know, well-cultivated, fertile land in, uh, you know, in the just west of the Appalachians. Mm -hmm. um, and they would get the beautiful new plains of Oklahoma. You guys remember when Tiger King came out? Yeah, that's Oklahoma. Yeah. Anyway. So, it was phrased as a land exchange. In reality, it was a forced migration. That was the 1830s. Surely, surely. We've moved on. Except that in 1954, the uh, Congress terminated the tribal rights of the Klamath Native Americans, and uh, they had to fight to get them back for 32 years. So even if it's not specifically that it was the Cherokee or something like that, like... It, was, it took until 1986 for the government to kind of knock it off. Yeah. Um, and now now primarily the disputes are over things like the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, but that was a dispute between, like, a private oil company and the Sioux Native Americans. It's, I do find it interesting that modern equivalencies of royalty mm. are just large corporations. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are to the new... Lords and counts and kings and all that. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. I love hierarchies. <laughs> I'm having so much fun in this hierarchy of ours. <laughs> Those silly, goofy things that just keep popping up that can't go away. I get it. I get it. It is a natural function of humanity, but... <laughs> but 
<laughs> Why do I have to keep living through major historical events? <laughs> I am 25. I feel like I've been through enough. Wait until the war. It's not even a joke. Like, I'm sure, I'm yep. sure at some point we're, we're overdue. Yep. <laughs> we're about probably 50 years overdue. Yep. Oh, God, I'm scared of the future. But yeah, my point my point is, well into the 1980s, there was still tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is still much more minor tomfoolery. Yep. But the tide does seem to be turning. Which is good, because we're seeing things like uh, Supreme Court cases that are fixing those jurisdictional issues. Mm. We are seeing presidential task force being created. We are seeing Hollywood start to tackle the problem. Um... You know, there's it's starting to look better. Yep. But that momentum kind of needs to keep going. It can't it can't be allowed to fade into the background. Um, and I think that that is what's been so important about uh, you know the, the the influencer side of things is that you've got people who are talking about true crime and missing persons cases and things like that, and then they're able to take these very these other very real stories that don't get nearly as much coverage. And say, hey, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so that's been a great thing from from the space. But the reason it's important, you know, you might look at the raw numbers and think, oh, well, that's really not that many people. For example, I think it's it's five thousand seven hundred and twelve uh, women were reporting reported missing. Yeah. Uh, Native American women were reported missing in twenty sixteen. One hundred and sixteen of them were actually recorded by the federal government. Yeah. Um, not enough. That is not enough. And when you look into the further statistics, it's not just a lack of recorded data. It is a distinctly lopsided uh, racial crime. Yep. Most crime, most violent crime, is intra-racial. It's usually that white people are victimizing white people, black people are victimizing black people, Mm -hmm. Latinos are victimizing Latinos. Part of that is proximity. People tend to commit crimes against people who are near them and do the United States history. A lot of the country is, like, communities tend to be majority of one race. Yep. It's not always white, but you'll see majority black communities, majority Hispanic, majority Asian, majority white. Yep. Um, with Native American women who are reporting violent crimes against them, 97% of them report being victimized by a non-Native. Okay. There's not that many natives. There's a lot more people who aren't. Those people typically don't live in the communities that these natives live in. Mm -hmm. They might live within the same county, but they're not typically on the reservation part of the the tribal community. Mm -hmm. Because the jurisdictional issues, those crimes don't get investigated. Until 2013, native police could not prosecute non-natives. Because they would have to get that person back onto the reservation to prosecute them. They could not go and extradite. They couldn't talk to the state police and say, hey, we have evidence that this person committed this crime. We need you to bring them to us so we can try them. Mm -hmm. Which, across the United States, that's typically how it works. If I commit a crime in Colorado and then I drive over the border into New Mexico, I can be extradited to Colorado. New Mexico will probably cooperate with Colorado. Yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily required to. It's, I, I think, from my recollection, and I could be wrong on this, I do believe that it, if, if it is a federal crime, 
it obviously applies across uh, state borders. Yeah. But beyond that, it is very departmentally or state regulatorily, yeah. you know, kind of. It really depends on the crime. Gray. You know, yeah. if, if you're in California, if you're a Californian, you go to, um, I don't know, Alabama and get caught with weed and then flee back to California, California's probably not going to extradite you to Alabama. If you kill somebody, California will probably extradite you back to Alabama. More it likely, depends yeah. how important, how big a deal the crime was. Yeah. A nonviolent crime, you're probably not going to get extradited. A warrant might be out for your arrest in Alabama, but yeah. it's probably not going to get picked up. If you go back to Alabama, good luck, but... Yeah. Um, they aren't going to go out of their way to no. extradite for nonviolent offenses. Um, although they apparently do do it for Grand Theft Auto, because we've had two different... People we've talked about now, Marshall Applewhite and Charles Manson, who both got in trouble for driving a stolen vehicle across state lines. So, Grant, it seems to be a like the felony issue. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, so it's misdemeanor versus felony. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the division, the, the important line there. That makes sense, um, is for a lot of reasons. But yeah, so just to give some quick statistics on this from the National Institute of Justice... Uh, compared to white women, Native American women are 20% more likely to experience violence. Mm. Um, 97% of Native American women who are victims uh, experience interracial aggression. Mm. 35% experience intraracial, which mm. means that there is a, amongst all victims, there is a nearly, about a 60 point differential. <laughs> yeah. Basically, every Native American woman who is assaulted, it's by a non-Native. Um, almost every single one. And then a lot of them are also assaulted by Natives. But, like, a third. Yeah. So, clearly a discrepancy. Yeah. That is not that is not an accounting error. That is not a, you know... There, there's no... There's no, there's no yeah. possibility for that just being, you know, a statistical anomaly. Yep. That is because people can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And these are the people who are caught. The, the people who, you know, report it. Yep. Another big part of the problem is that a lot of these women aren't fe aren't just hurt, aren't just found dead. They're totally missing. Mm -hmm. And those people are likely victims of human trafficking. Native American women, because of the jurisdictional issues, are far less likely to have a legitimate investigation put into them. Native American tribes have far less resources than your average state police do. Nope. There's just, it's basically, a, it, you know, free real estate for sex traffickers is they'll just come in and they'll swipe somebody off a reservation, bring them across the border, and then, you know, they could end up anywhere from Asia to Arabia. Yep. You never know. Um and these are people who, you know, they have they have no institutional power to come back. There's nothing that can be done for them um, by their own people. And the U.S. government is the the natives are hesitant to ask the government for the help for help, and the government is hesitant to devote resources to helping. Yep. You know, we've seen how much effort they put into even half the cases we look at. Like it's you know, in some cases they actually seem to be obfuscating and getting in the way and doing everything they can yep. to prevent people from actually getting to the bottom of cases that involve white people. Let alone, you know, a historically marginalized group. 
Yep. So, and and also to, to just really quickly address this, because we got comments about it on uh, the previous video, n neither of us would be considered politically progressive. Like, we're, I, I think we're pretty center. Yeah. I mean, every time I take a political compass test, I'm pretty much right dead center. Yeah. So, so this is not like us, you know, being on some sort of progressive race-baiting crusade. This is a, just a legitimate problem that needs to be talked about. You yeah. Know? Before you go making it about politics in the comments, it's not about politics. You know, it's it's it's, it's about a legitimate injustice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ethics, morality, and law. Like, yeah. Just wanted to make that clear, you know, before we have people trying to sling mud. Um, because, you know, this is, this is, this is a very real issue and it affects a lot of people. Um, you know, it's, I, I think, I think that the best way you can really understand what's going on is the, the cinematic portrayal in Wind River. You know, Wind River is a 3,000 square mile reservation. It's the seventh largest. That means there, there are six that are bigger than that. That is larger than 32 countries. Mm -hmm. These are country-sized communities mm -hmm. that are being absolutely ravaged by crime they can't even prosecute. That's why it's important, is that we're, we're not at the point where we're doing everything we can to help. We are still very much at the point where we know it's a problem, they know it's a problem, and nobody's doing anything about it. Mm. What happened with uh, with Gabby Patino is how basically every missing persons case should be handled. It should be national news, national attention. I guarantee you, if every single person that went missing got the kind of coverage Gabby got, far less cases would go unsolved. It might not lead to less deaths, mm -hmm. but at the very least, it would lead to closure, to apprehending criminals, and through that, less deaths. Yeah. If it actually became a crime that people had to seriously worry about, people scrutinizing every detail of it, then we could, then we could actually make a big difference about this. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably, probably the most important way that people like us can help is by amplifying these, by writing stories like yep. Wind River. Um, it's not a true story. I mean, it's, it's yeah. But it's not, a, it's not a true story, but it's a true story. Exactly. It's not based on a specific event that occurred, but it's an amalgamation. It's an official por a fictional portrayal of an amalgamation of a variety of different events that have and continue to occur on the Wind River Reservation and a lot of other places as a means to express a really heart-wrenching story and to, kind of like what you said in the initial video, portray an event or a series of events that need more attention. Yeah. Um, and for those, you know, I, we have a whole synopsis of the film in Friday's video if you want to check that out. Uh, but more than anything, it's on Amazon Prime. You can rent it for four bucks. Yeah. It's about an hour 45 minutes long. Definitely a slower burn of a movie. Yeah. There's there's action, don't get me wrong, but it's not, you're not signing up for a Marvel movie. No. You're signing up for a suspense, a mystery. Um, it's classified as a neo-Western. If you like Westerns, yeah. like if you've seen like Tombstone 
or uh, what's the uh, the other one I watched recently? Um, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Mm. You know, movies like that that are you know sort of the not not necessarily new tombstones from the nineties, but not the the nineteen fifties and sixties westerns. If you watch the newer ones, mm-hmm. um, you can you can really it's that kind of movie. Yeah, where it's it's slow burn. There's some action, good writing, good quality. Yeah, it's it's a modern version of something like the Outlaw Josie Wales mm-hmm. or even the Hateful Eight, but taking place in a current time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeremy Renner is fantastic. Great, yeah. And so is Emily. Yeah, uh, or Emily Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Um, and Taylor Sheridan just did a incredible oh, yeah. job. Right. For those who may recognize that name, uh, Wind River was essentially his test run for Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. So, like, and Yellowstone's another prime example of you know seeing that rift between uh, native and non-native individuals in Montana in that uh, series. This is obviously in Wyoming. Um, another show, Longmire. Uh, it's based off the book series that has a lot of native versus non-native issues that are covered throughout that. Not necessarily as nuanced as something like Wind River or Yellowstone, partially just because of the lower budget, but overall some more examples of media that do a good job of portraying these issues in a way that it is compelling, Mm -hmm. interesting, and also respectful to the issue in a way that helps you understand it without being judgmental. Yeah. Well, with that, it's 7.45 already. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Which means it's time for, uh, for question time. Which, uh, y'all know how this works. We will take Super Chats first. We will go until... We'll, we'll say we'll go until 8 tonight. Yeah. Um, just because we are... Very tired. So tired. Did we do... Um, donation goals? Yes. I thought you had them on your computer. We never finished them. Ah. Well, the donation goals for this month are the magic of Christmas, then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how magic we can get us. Uh, yeah, let me pull them up and see what we do have written. Sounds like a good plan. If anything, I'm going to scroll through in here and see what we got for chats. Wonderful. All right. Uh, Amazing Talking Goat said, Hi, Aidens. Thank you for talking about this. Love from the Metis in Northern Ontario, Canada. Thank you. We, uh, we are glad that we're able to spread the word. Ah. (laughs) I told you we never knew. This is these are our donation goals for this month. <laughs> we uh We're doing great. Oh yeah. Um should plan those in advance from now on. Yeah, we're betting a thousand over here. Twenty twenty three. Whole new system, whole new <laughs> year. We're we're redoing the processes here. Looking at the, the chat right now, they're talking about uh Warner Brothers. I did like someone. What did they say? Oh, we can't talk about Warner Brothers right now. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I can't talk about Warner Brothers right now. Archie, come see how to the people. Come on. Uh, come here. As come someone here. who vehemently loves the character of Superman and all of the DC characters, because that's what I grew up on Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, all that stuff. Incredible storytelling. Chef's kiss. Um. I cannot in good conscience go see a new DC movie for a little while. 
just because of what they've done to my boy. Look how they massacred my boy. My boy! My boy. boy. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, it's horrible. I, I, Warhammer, though. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> A light in the darkness. Oh, that poor man. Hopefully it frees him up for Bond, too. What, what I'm pissed about is that now that, you know, everyone's catching on as to why he left The Witcher, The Witcher's writing t- staff is, like, trying to cancel Henry Cavill. They're like talking. They're cute. They're they're making like all these vague accusations of him being like misogynist because he like wouldn't talk about his personal life on set, and used gamer lingo. He's literally the most uncancelable person in Hollywood. Yeah, he like no one has ever said. They made a big deal about the fact that he like wouldn't share his personal life with Millie Bobby Brown when they were working on Sherlock Holmes together or Enola Holmes. They were like, they were like, why is he not like, you know, talking to his female co-stars? And everybody was like, ah, because she was like seventeen for most of filming. Yeah. Why would he talk about his personal life with like a mid-30s, child? Thirties, yeah. Like, you know, like if if I was working with a child, like you do the work and then you leave because otherwise it's just weird. Yeah, I was I was generally like I, I was looking over the what people were saying too, and it really to me just read like he was treating the women the exact same way he would treat men. Like, yeah. It basically they were like he would criticize the decisions of the writers and try and get things changed last minute, like you know, with the directors and everything. And I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that's because they were ignoring the plot, not because he was sexist. Like, yeah. If, if he was like you know, if there were male writers and female writers, and he was only ever trying to get the female writers' work changed, then I'd see where you're coming from. Yeah. That might. That, that might be something, but no, it's just, when your writing room is almost entirely women, you're gonna have people criticizing also, something. Also, like, from someone who is... Just like if it were entirely men, you'd have people criticizing it. From someone who is, like, a little bit too much of a fan of Henry Cavill, any interview I've seen with him or about him... I do consider you heteroflexible as a result of Henry Cavill. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> any woman I've ever seen talk about him, whether he was in the same room or not, especially not in the same room... Is that he's just nothing short of a gentleman, yeah. like it just a very respectable man. So, yeah. I was I was not happy to to be reading that stuff. I was like, come on, if you're gonna first of all, if you're gonna say stuff like this, it can't be vague. No, you, you gotta you gotta give me concrete examples. Are you licking yourself on my arm? He is. But yeah, it's gonna take nerds to save. <laughs> The gamer lingo is dangerous close to the gamer word. Wait, there was one comment earlier. Oh, it was when we were talking about um, the military. Somebody mm-hmm. said military industrial complex go burr. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, sure it, it was after your war comment. I'm going to yeah. turn the fan on a little higher. Thank you. Um, you know what's really going to turn the fan on is the sexy calendar. Once we finally get to it. I My... my Giant case of bubbly arrived today, Oh, so I'm finally able to go back on, on that diet that I did that actually worked. Yeah. It's so weird how you start to find stuff that, like, eventually works. Oh, for me, it was just, like, chicken and romaine. That's the thing, is I can do that, but I stay, I get hungry. So the, the seltzers keep me full. Yeah. For me, co- coffee suppresses the appetite enough. I intermittent fast in the morning. Chicken and romaine for lunch chicken and romaine for dinner 
depending on how many calories I'm burning in the gym, I'll add in a protein shake or not. A little bit more chicken and romaine in the protein shake. Yeah, right. <laughs> chicken and romaine smoothie. It's just, it, for me, like, I would love to be able to have a more eclectic diet, but it's just, A, you I just throw the, the chicken Caesar salad into the blender. Yes. Well, for me, the biggest problem is that, like, I don't eat at home consistently enough because I have either leftovers my, mm. my mom's giving me or just like I'm going out places whether it's staying somewhere outside of home for work or whatever so it's just it's a really easy way it's like I know what it is I know how quickly I can make it I know how to make it consistently it keeps it minimizes the amount of thought that has to go into that process minimal thoughts you say yes taking a page <laughs> out of the boys playbook right. we had a couple of chats in there we should get to yes uh I think it was the yeah, that was, was the first. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, so Kellen the official for nine ninety nine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, have a good Yule and cyberbully the government. You know it. We're never stopping cyberbullying the government. Nope. Remember, it is your duty to be mean to the ATF. Is it your duty? Is it yours? Archie's duty is to eat food and be cute. Uh, Norberto Rodriguez Juniors for two dollars says, "Why do things always default to BS and red tape?" Great question. Um, because BS and red tape is how you hide money. Yeah. Typically, the more the more regulation something has, typically the more corruption is going. Because each regulation that you throw on something is just another place to take a tiny bit of money or get a bribe. A kilo every ten days is intense, dude. A kilo of what? Just a, a, like a kilogram, a losing what? a kilogram of weight every ten days from using a recumbent yeah, bike. Isn't that like two? Isn't that like two pounds? Yeah, that, that's pretty standard. You can do that. You no, you can, but that's that's in terms if of I, if medically I just, safe. If I just cut to fifteen hundred calories a day, I would drop two pounds a week. Yeah, but in, in terms of medically safe, mm. in terms of like your body yeah. function still yeah. forming, like that's about the high end of what you should shoot for. Yeah. If you're getting more than two pounds every week or so, you're nah, not. Nah, you gotta go with one of those 70s crash diets of like a rotisserie chicken and a bottle of wine. <laughs> or no, pull the Christian veil for the machinist of just like one cracker and a bottle of Jack Daniels a day. Oh. Oh. That's what he did. Why? Because he's a lunatic. For Batman, did he also just become a vigilante? No, but he did work out a lot, eat a lot, and get huge. That's true, he, he did get huge. He got so big that Christopher Nolan was like, hey, you can't get that big for the Dark Knight. That was too much. <laughs> that was too big. <laughs> he literally, he was like, my, my take was too thick. <laughs> he was literally like, my take is supposed to be realistic, and Bale's like, what do you mean? I'm not realistic. <laughs> I am physically here. <laughs> I did it. Alright. Also, my take is physically realistic. Have you seen Bane? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, well, so Tom can do that, but uh, this is too is much. He British? Christian Bale? Oh, yeah. I had no idea he was British. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, why did we cast him as an American hero? Because he did really good in Psycho. Yeah, but Batman in real life was American. A real Batman. Yeah, well, Superman is too, but Henry Cavill's British as hell. I mean, the real person these characters are based off of. Wait, what? What? Are you telling me that these are not real people? <laughs> I can't. Um, I, I can't. I remember the fan. I remember the Thanos snap. It happened. <laughs> That's why I can't remember any of 2020. See, 
<laughs> You're in sync the Thanos snap. Mine is the Flashpoint paradox, which actually is real, considering the Flash has ruined DC. <laughs> because he decided I'm, I'm to be a I'm still not over the interview where he says, I'm criminally excited to be playing the Flash. <laughs> Why did you have to do this to us? <laughs> Ezra, my guy. DC already had enough problems. You didn't why didn't need to they, be another. Why didn't they just use the guy who plays him on TV? You know what's funny? But they had them in the same... In the Flashpoint thing mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. Ezra made a uh, cameo into that universe. Because DC's multiverse thing is way more prominent than Marvel's. Mm -hmm. from, as, as far as I understand. Um, but yeah. Ugh. Although I... I don't know how the Flash was when it started, but I saw like clips from like the the more recent seasons, and it 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 looks like Power Rangers if Power Rangers was worse. The only CW and I will never slander Power Rangers. The only CW show in relation to the DC content that I enjoy at this point, and this is not just because I'm a fan of that character. Mm -hmm. I liked the first couple seasons of Arrow, mm -hmm. then it fell off. Don't they make it more about like his relationship? Yeah. Uh... Didn't love Supergirl, didn't watch much of it, didn't watch much of The Flash, didn't love that. Uh, didn't watch any of the... There was a team show, I can't remember what it was. Superman and Lois is shot so beautifully. It just, it literally, like, the, when they dropped the trailer for that a couple mm -hmm. years ago, I was like, when did the CW get an HBO budget? Yeah, that's... Like, it looks like that, and the writing's actually really solid. I, I do get confused by the CW, though, because it seems like after five seasons, they just don't care Yeah. about anything. They're like, we're just going to roll with this, and I guess CW's viewers put up with it. I mean, look at look at Riverdale. I would, I would prefer not to. My, I don't watch Riverdale, but I follow the people who act in it on TikTok, and I love it because even they're like, what's going on? So you'll never know the highs and lows of high, the Stop. epic highs and lows Stop. of high school football. <laughs> Stop! It's so funny though, because they're just like I I saw a clip of like you know how they portray football games, and I was just like, not a single person in this shot has ever stepped foot on a football field in their entire life. Nope. Like not even flag. Nope. Like <laughs> these these people were allergic to athletics. <laughs> if you look at. That's the crazy thing. It's like, if you look at the way a lot of these people, these actors run, mm -hmm. go go and actually, like, whatever movie you're watching, if there's a scene where the actors have to run, pay attention to it. Yep. It is the funniest part of any movie, is these, these people who typically were not athletes, because a lot of them were more into, like, the theater side of things, they have no idea how to move their bodies oh, yeah. to do physical exert physically exerting things. Tom Cruise? What's he doing? He's like... like but he is fast. Steven Seagal is like... <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, though, because, like, um, sports ability is so not correlated. Like, athleticism is not correlated with either being in good shape. Because, mm -hmm. like, I've known some people who are really into bodybuilding... Who, when you tried to get them to throw any form of ball, had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. And, like, when they ran, it was like, who taught you to run? Who didn't teach you to run? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, you know, you and I, we played a lot of sports growing up, partially because we were forced to. Mm -hmm. But I know at my 
And by high school, especially. I mean, like, in, in I grade... can still go straight into a sprint. Like, yeah. I'm standing. Sick. Like... But, like, at my high school, it was, like, one of the things that they did was not just with sports and, like, practicing for sports, but we had trainers at mm-hmm. our school. And they taught us, like, the basics of mobility. And we did, like, mobility drills and weightlifting. And they taught us, like, uh, you know, general nutrition and things like that. But it was very, very, like, comprehensive athleticism training and understanding. Granted, I know that's on, like, an extreme side of the spectrum, but it's just funny. Uh, I did see one in there about Steven Seagal. Maybe we should do a Steven Seagal lore video. Uh, yeah, somebody said, so there's there's so much to talk about Steven Seagal. That, we could. We should. <laughs> there's enough lore. We really, like... Just start doing lore on living people. Yeah, or just, like, anything. We're gonna we're, get We're gonna get sued. Just slip something that's blatantly untrue. Like, utterly... Utterly innocuous, yeah, but definitely slander. <laughs> like Steven Seagal uh, forced a banana harvesting company to go bankrupt in Colombia because he kept eating all of the bananas that they were trying to sell. See, the problem is that is a completely believable story. Norberto Rodriguez Jr. for two dollars says we need cosmic ghost rider. Isn't that just ghost rider? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen Ghost Rider. I think he wants to come back up. You haven't. <gasps> we need to watch Willy's Wonderland. With with. Let's just uh, just watch every Nick Cage movie ever made. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Will you not leave until we've seen them all? And I still haven't seen ooh, Idea. I haven't seen um, the what is it? The uh, unbearable weight of uh, these nuts. No, uh, an unreasonable amount of talent or whatever it is. Oh yeah, the the new one where he plays himself. Yes, I want to see that. Come on, come on, come on. You're gonna have to lift him. He seems to be having some confidence issues. He is. We all have. Are you gonna squeal if I do? He might squeal. Archie, no squeal. Do you want to come up or no? He does. He just there we there go. we there go. we go. Out of boy. He is so fluffy. He really. Look is. at that man on camera. You he is the fluffiest boy. boy. He's such a bull. National Treasure should have been a documentary. It was. <laughs> Listen, they 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 actually kind of nailed basically everything they said about Freemasonry in that movie. Really? Yeah. Not it's okay. So you guys want to know something something silly? Silly goofy. Was that Warner Brothers? I don't know. Whoever made National Treasure, they went to the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and said, we will give you $50,000 a day uh-huh. to let us shoot at the Masonic Temple in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The Grand Lodge turned it down because they thought that it was stupid. National Treasure went on to cause the biggest spike in registration for Freemasonry since the 1800s. That's awesome. <laughs> It could have been, like... So sweet. I'm, I'm, ugh. If you ask almost anybody... Was it that? Yeah, I think it was. That makes sense. Wow. If you ask almost anybody who became a Freemason after the 2000s, they will almost invariably tell you that their interest began with National Treasure. Unless they had family, Mm -hmm. it is almost always National Treasure that is the reason. 
Why did you want to become a Freemason? I watched National Day. I want to steal the Declaration of Independence. I was literally, like, sitting there watching National Treasure with the boys. Mm. And I was like, ah, this is kind of cool. I wonder what this is about. And there it is. And now we sacrifice goats on weekends. It's great. That's not what you do. <laughs> Don't tell people that's what you do, because they'll start thinking that's what you do. And then you're going to get canceled. Oh, boy. It's not it's not really a sacrifice, it's more of a like goat fighting ring. Apparently Elon Musk is now asking on a poll on Twitter whether he should stay in charge of Twitter. He is a man of the people. I gotta give him props for asking <laughs> and being willing to <laughs> like if they say no and he stays, is is that based? Probably not. <laughs> I can't decide. I feel like that's just a bit tyrannical at that point. Why are you barking? You are a small creature. He is a small boy. Small but not insignificant. The best. There he goes. There he is. <laughs> he is most certainly baby. Yes, he is. The new one is good. The new what? National Treasure? There's a new there isn't one. one. Is there a National Treasure 3? I know they were making a TV show and Nick Cage wasn't in it and I was like, I do not accept this. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. This animal is so cute. He's adorable. I love him so much. Oh. All right. But it is 8.05. We have gone past our intended runtime. I think they did say uh, National Treasure 3 is in the works, but... Uh, is, Edge of, is Edge of History the show? I think so. Okay. Edging History? Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah, but that's uh, I think that's the show for tonight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you're right, but there's no more questions, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing I'm seeing. It was a bit Thank more... you for giving me an excuse to not study for finals. Well, don't say that. Yeah, come on, go study. Come on, get good grades. Don't be like Archie. It sucks. Archie now. got terrible grades. It sucks now, but what would suck really? more? is not doing well in your finals, not caring, and then not being able to change that outcome later. Especially if it's college, because then you're paying for those. Yep. And you don't want to have to pay more to then just go back and prove that you weren't, that you were capable the first time you studied life so. Alright, uh, and do you want to hit the stream ending button? Because yeah. I have, I'm, I'm You busy. have the boy. Thank you everybody for watching. We will not see you next weekend. Because no. it is Christmas. Yes. I might do like a little fun stream Monday or Saturday, but um, no no full Lord Lodge. If it's Saturday, I will not be around okay. because uh, I'll be at a family. You'll be at a family? Yes. Is it yours? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's acceptable then. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh? Well, I don't know if it was someone else's family. That would be a little weird. No, it depends on whose family. I was thinking somebody random. 
No, I was thinking yours. Oh. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye, guys.